Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about Gary Nolan and the Atacama Skeleton. That's correct, Gary Nolan and the Atacama Skeleton. Now, of course, many of you probably know that this skeleton consisted of this tiny little uh, fetal, fetal uh, skeleton. Uh, there was a debate about whether this thing was an alien-human hybrid uh, or whether this was just some sort of deformed, uh, premature uh human that had passed away found there in the Atacama Desert in uh, Peru. A lot of controversy around it. For one thing, should people even be down there digging up uh, graves of these folks and then carting the remains around the countryside trying to pass them off as aliens? Or was this actually an alien that needed to be analyzed? We could find out the real history of this thing. Gary Nolan talks about how he heard about this case and volunteered his services, all this super expensive equipment and this brain trust. Makes you wonder why the guy would even bother. I mean, you have so much more to risk than what it's worth. You're talking about using millions of dollars worth of equipment at the time of these uh, highly paid scientists to determine whether or not uh, this Atacama skeleton was actually human or some sort of variant. Some people think maybe the thing was uh, alien and Nolan was just, you know, put in that position by the government, deep state, whoever, to quash the discussion of this thing because it had been getting a lot of attention. Other people think that, you know, he did a big service to the community by explaining what this thing was to all of the masses out there. And some people aren't so sure. Some people think that what Gary Nolan did could have been unethical considering that this thing had been uh, spirited away from this uh, graveyard and really hadn't been there but more than a few decades, it sounds like. Now, if you just look at it from Nolan's standpoint, uh, he gets to hear a treatment from his uh, his uh, college there, Stanford. Uh, they have an article, stanford.edu. I'll have the links over at the Ko-Fi site. It says, Mysterious skeleton shows molecular complexity of bone disease. The strange skeletal remains of a fetus discovered in Chile have turned up new insights into the genetics of some bone diseases, according to a new study from researchers at Stanford and UCSF. And this is dated March 22, 2018, by Hene Armitage. And they're kind of tooting the own horn here a little bit. Not only did we tell you that this thing wasn't an alien, but we found new insights in, into the genetics of some bone diseases. Now, we'll find out later that other scientists disagree with this altogether. It says, a bizarre human skeleton once rumored to have extraterrestrial origins, has gotten a rather comprehensive genomic workup, the results of which are now in researchers from the Stanford University School of Medicine report. Now think about the verbiage there, bizarre human skeleton. Uh, is that something that we really want to refer to uh, a person with a disability as bizarre? I mean, aren't we past that? But here at this uh, University, I think it's supposed to be one of the, you know, like all these universities, aren't they supposed to be super attentive and, and super uh, aware of, of all the right terminology to use, certain words you can use, certain words you can't use? Shouldn't they know better, even in 2018, not to refer to the remains of a disabled infant as bizarre? If it's, not, if it's, if it's human and, it's, and, it's, and it has these uh, what we call deformities, uh, these genetic uh, mutations doesn't mean it's bizarre. It just means it's different. It says the findings stamp out any remaining questions about the specimen's home planet. It's without a doubt human, but more than that, the analysis answers questions about remains that have long been a genetic enigma. I have a problem with this first two paragraphs. They tell you that they know that this little deceased uh, fetus, if you want to call it, three-month-old human, is human. 
but yet they refer to it as bizarre. It shows a total disrespect for human life, in my opinion. After five years of deep genomic analysis, Gary Nolan, PhD professor of microbiology and immunology at Stanford and at Adelbeal MD, PhD director of the Institute for Computational Health Sciences and the University of California, San Francisco, have pinpointed the mutations responsible for the anomalous specimen. The researchers found mutations in not one but several genes known to govern bone development. What's more, some of these molecular oddities have never been described before. So they spent five years on this. All that money, all the time of these uh, rich, uh, highly educated men. What was the point? To me, it seems that when doctors perform analysis for patients and their families, we're often searching for one cause, one super rare or unusual mutation that can explain the child's ailment. But in this case, we were pretty confident that multiple things went wrong, said Butte. It's, indica it's an indication, he said, that looking for a single mutation or even mutations that are already known to cause a particular disease can discourage researchers from looking for other potential genetic causes and in turn, potential treatment for patients. Now that's just common sense. They didn't discover anything there. Most of us know that if your health is going downhill, it's going downhill in buckets. Hardly ever do we have just one thing go wrong. That's because your body operates as an entire organism and when it's attacked, the entire organism uh, is affected. So the idea, and that's what's such, I think such a stupid idea with this whole gene therapy thing. Well, you're going to fix it's like a it's like a jingle blocks. You're going to fix one thing, but what happens when you pull this block out or put this block in? The whole rest of the thing is affected. It's just the idea that these guys it gives you it gives you some insight into their psychology. They think that they're so smart and they're so intelligent that in order to fix the human condition, they only have to identify one thing, and they're the bright boys. They're gonna they're gonna find that one thing and they're gonna fix it. I hate to tell you, but life is way more complicated than that. Life is infinite. They're applying Newtonian physics where really what you need is quantum physics because the, the human organism is so complex, but yet they've got this little uh, deceased fetus, infant, whatever you want to call it there from Peru that's been taken out of the country apparently without permission, and they're going to run these tests on it, and they're going to tell you how smart they are because after five years they figured out that more than one thing was wrong with it, but good for them. Nolan, who holds the Radford and Carletta Harris professorship in Butte, a former Stanford faculty member who now holds the Priscilla Chan and Mark Zuckerberg distinguished professorship at, US, at UCSF, are senior authors of the study, which was published online March 22nd in Genome Research, Santa Chita Bacharia, a bioinformatics research at UCSF, is the lead author. Now, the article goes on here. It says, the skeleton nicknamed Ada was discovered more than a decade ago in an abandoned town in the Atacama Desert of Chile. After trading hands and eventually finding a permanent home in Spain, the mummified specimen started to garner public attention. Standing just six inches tall and about the length of a dollar bill with an angular elongated skull and sunken slanted eye sockets, the internet began to bubble with otherworldly hullabaloo and talk of E.T. Now I want you to notice how this author has totally disrespected uh, the humanity of this little creature. First off, they give it a nickname, Ada. Well, isn't that cute? We found human remains from, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago. Let's go ahead and give it a nickname. How would people in the United States feel if somebody came into a rural cemetery somewhere, maybe the town had disappeared, and excavated and found the human remains 
of a of a stillborn baby and then took those things and sold them multiple times and eventually they were put on display for the world to see and for Dr. Nolan to run his test on. I dare say think that people uh, in, in this country where I live at in the United States would have been very angry about that but yet this sort of thing is happening in other countries and it seems to be just okay and Stanford at least in 2018 here seems incapable of understanding that there's a lot of ethical boundaries here that have been pushed and it seems to me on the face of it that human dignity that's deserved by this little infant whatever it is has not been afforded to it as it should have been now they go on here they say quote I had heard about this specimen through a friend of mine and I managed to get a picture of it Nolan said you can't look at this specimen and not think it's interesting it's quite dramatic so I told my friend look whatever it is if it's got DNA I can do the analysis no question about chain of custody no question about where did this thing come from no recognition of the fact that we all look different as we are developing in our mother's womb than we do when we're a year or two old I don't hear him saying uh, are there some kind of uh, rules that I should follow here considering that this is human remains in this country somebody might be charged criminally with handling remains the way that these remains were handled changing hands multiple times between uh, grave robbers and and bone buyers only to end up in a laboratory of a multi-million dollar scientist and his team and their fancy equipment terrible it says with the help of Ralph Lockman MD clinic professor of radiology at Stanford and an expert in a type of pediatric bone disease Nolan set the record straight their analysis pointed to a decisive conclusion this was the skeleton of a human female likely a fetus that had suffered severe genetic mutations in addition Nolan saw that Ada most likely a fetus had the bone composition of a six-year-old and indication that she had a rare bone aging disorder to understand the genetic underpinnings of Ada's physicality Nolan turned to Butte for help in genomic evaluation he accepted the challenge running a workup so comprehensive it nearly rose to the level of patient care <laughs> of course the patient was dead Boot noted that some people might wonder about the point of such in-depth analysis we thought this would be an interesting exercise in applying the tools that we have today to really see what we could find he said the phenotype the symptoms and size of this girl were extremely unusual and analyzing these kinds of really puzzling old samples teaches us better how to analyze the DNA of kids today under current conditions well the fact is I don't think that the sample is that old it says to understand the genetics drivers at play Boot and Nolan extracted a small DNA sample from Ada's ribs and sequenced the entire genome the skeleton is approximately 40 years old 40 years old so they're digging up modern burial uh, zones so its DNA is modern and still relatively intact moreover data collected from the whole genome sequencing showed that Ada's molecular composition aligned with that of a human genome Nolan noted that 8% of the DNA was unmatchable with human DNA but that was due to a degraded sample not extraterrestrial biology later a more sophisticated analysis was able to match up to 98% of the DNA according to Nolan well I mean hard to say this thing's been passed around and passed around and passed around for years before it got into Nolan's lab like I said it's it amazes me that he's not more concerned 
about the actual uh, provenance of this stuff. The, the point is I want you to take from this first article is that this is how the elite treat us. It's not just the deep state. All these folks at these big uh, high-powered universities with their billions of dollars worth of endowments, with their stratified air of intellect, they come across this uh, tiny little skeletal remains of a uh, premature death in a baby. And what do they do? They don't ask ethical questions about, well, how do we treat a human? This child's only been dead for 40 years. Where did it come from? Who dug it up out of its grave? No, they can't wait to get their hands on it. They can't wait to spend five years studying it. They can't wait to apply all of this multi-million dollar equipment and brain trust to this little problem. Are they that bored? Are they covering something up? Do they have that much dis disrespect for their fellow man when their fellow man hap happens to be uh, born, their fellow, uh, I s should say girl, happens to be born in a country that's maybe a thousand miles south of us? Would they have would they have exhibited the same zeal if this little mummified infant had come from our own country? There's real ethical questions that need to be asked here. Now, Gary Nolan has time to block me from Twitter, I presume, because I uh, made a few jokes about Louis Elizondo. We go on here at this next article. This is from uh, iflscience.com. It's uh, also written, I believe, back in 2018 or shortly after that. It says, why is the Atacama skeleton so controversial? She's definitely not an alien. Written by Tom Hale, senior journalist. It says, the Atacama skeleton continues to stir controversy and confusion. Discovered in Chile's Atacama Desert back in 2003, the 15-centimeter, 6-inch-long mummified skeleton features an unusually long skull, giant sockets, and only has 20 ribs instead of 24. You can kind of see what's going on here with the bone trade. These guys, probably locals, are going down there. They're digging up these skeletons. They're really looking for the older, elongated heads. There's an interest in that sort of thing, and people will pay money for them, I suppose. But I guess maybe they've dug up so many of them now they're resorting to go to the to the uh, more recent cemeteries. And then they're trading these things around from, from one bone trader to the next. I mean, could you imagine your loved one having their bones traded back and forth between these, between these guys trying to make a buck off them? So it looks like it took from 2003 to 2018 to make it to Nolan's lab. Long trip from the graveyard to Nolan's lab. It says, the skeleton gained the nickname Ada when the images hit the internet. Many people jumped, the, jumped to the conclusion this was the body of an extraterrestrial alien. A 2013 documentary called Cyrus claimed the skeleton belonged to a 1,000-year-old being that was evidence of contact between aliens and ancient civilizations. However, in 2018, genetic analysis of Ada's bones quashed these rumors by establishing the skeleton was a premature human fetus. In fact, they were a female of South, of South American descent. An exact age couldn't be pinned down, but the researchers said their study showed the mummy was 500 years old or less. Now, we just we just read there in this last article that Nolan's team determined that they were around 40 years old. On top of this, it was found that their DNA contained seven genes associated with bone and facial malformation, premature joint fusion, and dwarfism. The mutations linked to dwarfism in a rare bone aging disorder likely explain this, the skeleton's unusual appearance. The study has proved controversial, however. In a rebuttal to the genetic analysis, another team of scientists claimed that the genetic probably has little to do with Otta's appearance 
and instead the elongated skull was a result of a complication during pregnancy or birth or as a result of the mummification process. They also argued that the genetic analysis was riddled with ethical issues, stating there was no scientific rationale to disturb the remains. So while Gary Nolan's going around bragging about how he got into UFOs through this Atacama mummy, some people are saying, some scientists are saying, that the genetic analysis was riddled with ethic, ethical issues, stating there was no scientific rationale to disturb the remains. Yeah, in this country, you're not allowed to randomly go out and dig up the remains of people to run studies on them. How would you appreciate it if someone, some, some so-called scientist, was was purchasing or coming into a possession of, of your relative's remains so they could just randomly do DNA studies on them? Not right. Unfortunately, there was no scientific rationale to undertake genomic analysis of ADA because the skeleton is normal. The identified genetic mutations are possibly coincidental and none of the genetic mutations are known to be strongly associated with skeletal pathology that would affect the skeleton at this young age, commented Associate Professor Sia Halcrow, a bioarchaeologist at the University of Otago. Think about that. They give you this whole paper. Oh, we've been working on this for five years, and we found all this genetic stuff that's wrong with this uh, skeleton, and this happened and that happened. And they really give you the business about it and tell you how smart they are and how much they've done. This person comes along and says, no, not really. Looks like a normal skeleton to me. Got to consider it's premature. Got to consider could have been affected this way because of the mummification process, because of the way it was stillbirth. No, nothing to see here. Just five years of wasting time and money. Goes on and says, how was the Atacama skeleton discovered? The story of the Atacama skeleton's discovery is hazy and explains why studying the mummy is such a contentious issue. We get back to this whole thing about chain of custody. Just like with all these videos that Corbell and sometimes Snapper bring forward and a lot of other people. Louis Elizondo, Christopher Mellon, something passed off to somebody somewhere in a parking lot. Now it's one thing to do that with a video, but it's quite another to do that with human remains. And that's what's happened here. If we're going to be taken seriously in the UFO community, we should demand that in situations like this, that ethical standards are met. It's not okay to go down to another country. I don't care how poor the folks in that country are. I don't care what their language is. I don't care what their religion is. It's not okay to go down there to plunder their graves, to sell the bones that you find in those graves, to bring them back here 15 years later and have a multi-millionaire scientist and his crew spend five years having a good long look at him to tell us that they're not alien. This has to be one of those things where we just say, put it back. It's not yours. It's a mystery. It goes unsolved. We don't have the right to plunder, grain, to plunder these graves, especially recent graves. 40 years old for crying out loud. The story goes it was discovered by a treasure hunter called Oscar Munez in 2003 next to an abandoned church in a ghost town called La Noria. He claimed it was found wrapped in a white cloth inside a leather pouch. A treasure hunter or a bone hunter? That's what I would like to know. Well, how many treasures did he expect to find next to a church? I would expect to find a graveyard next to a church in a place like this. 
Years later, Ada ended up in a private collection of Barcelona, according to the New York Times. How do you import these human remains without, without violating some kind of a law? I mean, you can't even take fruit in and out of these places. The Chilean National Monuments Council alleged that the remains were illegally exhumed in 2003 and smuggled out of the country. So you have to take your shoes off at the airport and walk across a filthy mat in order, barefoot or sockfoot in order to get on an airplane. Because who knows, you might have a bomb in your shoe. Meanwhile, people are smuggling in human remains. Just think about, just think about the level of stupidity that we're faced with every single day. In light of the dubious backstory of Ada, dubious? I don't think there's anything dubious about it. I think what we had was, I think we had a bone hunter find these things, sell them multiple times to some collector, if you want to call him that, in Spain. Somehow it ended up back stateside, and I can't remember the guy who was who was parading the stuff around. He's passed away from cancer a few years ago. I don't think that I don't think the question ever entered his mind that this thing was human. I think he really thought it was some kind of an alien. Anyway, Nolan ends up with it at a lab in Stanford, California, one of the most woke places on earth. Aren't they supposed to be so sensitive to everything? Even in 2018, I mean, there's so many decades ahead of us, wasn't someone able to say in that university, hey, where did these human remains come from? Don't you think we should put them back? What about the family? But they didn't care. It was just, it was just like, uh, it was just like dogs on the hunt. They had the scent of blood. They were after it. It says, in light of the dubious backstory of Adam, many scientists question whether the genetic studies of the skeleton were ethically sound, not least because the skeleton may have been obtained illegally. Well, if it wasn't obtained illegally, show me the paperwork. That's how that works, okay? If it was not obtained illegally, show me the paperwork. If you don't have the paperwork, which shows the chain of custody, then I have to assume that it's illegal. You don't drive your car around the street on the highway from state to state without a driver's license, a registration, and hopefully a title that you or the bank have. There is a chain of custody as to who bought that car, who owns it, and who has the right to drive it. And saying you're a sovereign citizen is not going to cut it. And Gary Nolan saying he's a sovereign scientist is not going to cut it. Goes on and says there is a very similar mummified human fetus known as Alashinka that was discovered in Russia in 1996. However, for the Americas, Ada is unique. That being said, the Atacama Desert is home to a number of mummified human remains. The Atacama Desert is an achingly arid, skinny strip of desert on the west coast of South America. That's the driest non-polar desert in the world. Conditions are so harsh in this rocky landscape that scientists have used the area to simulate missions to Mars. Human remains that are buried there will naturally be mummified due to the intense heat and lack of moisture. It is also known, however, that the ancient Chinachora culture had a tradition of intentionally mummifying bodies in the Atacama Desert to venerate their dead. Bodies were mummified through a variety of complex embalming procedures. One technique involved extracting the brains and organs then stuffing the body with fiber and filling the skull with straw or ash before sewing the body back together with, with reeds. Finally, the mummy was caked with a thick, muddy paste. Yes. And hard as it is to imagine, 
there are people that are interested in collecting those mummies, buying them from bone buyers, and then sometimes these very bones end up in places like the lab at Stanford, where famous sci scientists can uh, go on television or do interviews or go to conferences and talk about how they uh, did this fabulous DNA test, a test that other scientists are calling a waste of money and a breach of ethics. So that's why I'm really asking, why did Dr. Gary Nolan even bother with this little unborn fetus from the Atacama Desert? Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.